So one of the key ways to growing your business and expanding your reach is through partnerships and collaboration. Yes, a lot of it has to do with relationship building, but time is precious and we want to make sure that we're taking on the right opportunities and that we're prepared to make it a fruitful relationship on both sides. One of my key values is community and connection, and I'm really happy to dive deeper into this space with today's topic Prepare to Partner, Being Ready for Yes Moments with Amelia Roberts, a business development advisor and collaboration consultant. Welcome to the Focal Tangent Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Amlani, and in my years of business and entrepreneurship, I've learned a thing or two. I'm a brand strategist and photographer. I love a great brand and capturing businesses in action. However, what has always stuck with me is the uniqueness in every story and brand. This is a show all about connecting the power of storytelling mindset and brand strategy to bring to light the abundance of possibilities for creating the business of your dreams. Join me each week as I bring you impactful conversations with thought leaders in all areas of business branding and personal growth and be inspired by the unique stories of experience and grit that led to success they never thought possible. So let's dive into this week's conversation. Welcome Amelia. Hey there, how are you? So happy to be here. Yeah, this is going to be so good. So before we get started, I would love for our listeners to know a little bit more about you. So I'm just going to share your fabulous bio. So Amelia is a registered nurse by trade who fell in love with marketing and sales. It turns out the process for each matched her expertise with scientific methods perfectly. And she has almost 20 years in healthcare and six years in business that have proven that most challenges with advancing in a career or business result from A, a story that is not being told, B, a collaboration that is not happening, and C, both A and B. So now, alongside other hats, individuals and teams will hire Amelia to regain control of their day, quarter, or year with the right collaborations, which is what we're going to dive into today. And when she's not teaching leaders how to do less marketing while making more impact by developing relationships at scale, she enjoys spending time on hashtag team nap, <laughs> me too, as well as planning both real and imagined food tours. Mm, that is making me hungry and self elevating already. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive right in. Tell me more about collaborations and why it's a great tool to expand your audience. Yes. First, I just want to say I love your podcast and I really mean it, especially the episodes 35 and 37 that are about introvert-friendly marketing methods and virtual summits, because I would love for people just to listen to those and then come back and listen to this conversation, because you really do not have to do the onesie twosies, um, building your audience from scratch, or if you're expanding and scaling, if you're trying to, whether you're trying to stabilize growth or accelerate it, you do not have to be alone. And there's so many types of collaborations out there. Not all are great for everybody, of course, but When you evaluate your team, tech, and personal capacity, the right collaborations can start to illuminate and show up in your life. And there is also a way to be more proactive about it. I think we're going to talk about that, but it's just a different way to grow that is less intense. Yes, I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. So helpful. Okay, so when it comes to collaborations, what is your thoughts on that? 
Yeah. So there is a framework that I use and teach now, and I learned it while going through Jordan Gill's Done in the Day program. She's amazing. We're huge Jordan fans over here. But it starts with the framework called SCALE. So SCALE stands for, the S stands for SCAN. Um, Scan your capacity to receive and deliver. And that's both you and your team and your tech capacity, because there's all sorts of collaborations out there. Some people might have heard of affiliates and they love the idea of it. But when you look at the, peel that back a few layers, look at the tech that's involved with a great program, and maybe that might not be the best collaboration for you based right now on your capacity. And so S is for scan your capacity. C, create boundaries so that you can say an honest yes, and a confident no. So C, A, articulate your unique value, articulate alignment, and articulate your ask and gives. What do you want to ask from the collaboration and what are you willing to give from you to the person or um, individual that you're collaborating with? L, leverage your resources. That might be resources you already have or resources that you need to get in order to fulfill it on a collaboration. And E, evaluate. You know, what was the win, win, win that you've come up with? And that's a win for you, a win for the other person, and win for the shared audience that you're serving. So I hope that answered your question, but I'm a teacher, a fourth generation teacher. I can't help but over-explain stuff, but let me know if you want me to specify anything. That's great. I love that. Okay. So how do we get started with creating those relationships and seeking those collaborations? I try to be a great student. And so when Jordan shared about the power of frameworks in her program, of course, I have a framework for that too. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So is it okay if I tell you about another framework? Yes. Yes. Awesome. So for that one, and she actually helped me come up with this. And if you're an affiliate for Jordan, please plug in your affiliate code (laughs) with this episode of the show notes. I didn't realize I'd be such a fangirl, but I am. But in any case, B, bond. So The framework that we use for uh, my clients to figure out who these potential collaborators might be, whether they're potential sponsors or clients or referral partners or affiliates, is BOND. And B stands for browse. Browsing, identifying the people who already serve your clients or who already serve the goals that you want to meet. B is browse, observe. This is when you take a look at who these people are individually and verifying, checking if they're really qualified to even partner with you. Are they aligned? That all goes under the O phase um, part of the process and and nurture. Nurture those relationships. Nobody likes a cold, random outreach period. So part of relationship nurturing is that time. And so that end phase does not have to last forever, especially if it's a quality nurture situation. And then D is deliver. I found that when you nurture these relationships, a lot of times the opportunities or ways collaborations might happen sort of can come up organically, even if you don't have a specific idea, even if you don't go in thinking that you want to do podcast guesting or you want to be on their panel or if you want to have them sponsorship, if you, even if you don't have that clear defined idea, it's incredible how organically collaboration opportunities are created. So key to that is really thinking about what would be a win for you, what would be a win for them, and what would be a win for the shared audience. And It's just amazing. Great things have been happening. Okay. I want to dig a little bit deeper. So I love this framework bond. That's great. So for nurture, you're saying that it doesn't have to take a long time. What does nurture look like? You know what I mean? Like, is it just having a few casual 
conversations, commenting on their stuff here and there before you kind of go in and pitch? Or what is your experience on what works best for this stage? It really depends. What I have seen work is say that there is somebody that you want to collaborate with. You saw that they were on a podcast and it's related to your topic of expertise or the thing that you like to talk to them about. Reach out and say, hi, I saw you on so-and-so's podcast. I really enjoyed this point that you made. I see that we share a similar and shared audience. I would love to, I'm just curious if you'd be open to a quick chat. Or I'm curious if you'd be open to, that's another thing, being featured on my platform. So when you go through the process of figuring out what would be a win-win-win, that can also be helpful in your outreach. You know, you could also know that they might want more exposure. And so an outreach could look like an actually an invitation to join your summit or join your podcast. If you don't have a summit or podcast, it could look like you giving them perhaps content. You know, maybe you have a credential that they don't have. I'll give an example. Say they're a generic sleep coach and say you are a registered nurse. And you could say, reach out to that sleep coach who has an audience that's larger than yours that says, hey, you know, generic sleep coach, you would not say generic sleep coach, but you said, hey, sleep coach, you know, I noticed that we both serve busy professional women and I happen to serve them in a complimentary way, supporting them around meeting their dietary goals or their nutrition goals. I'm just curious if you'd be open to having a guest speaker present to at your upcoming conference. And your missiles might say, how do I know that they had an upcoming conference? Well, as you're observing, you're also doing research. That's a, another word for research. You're just taking a look and seeing, you know, what they have coming up. Do they have conferences? Do they have masterminds? Do they have something coming up? And that would be an opportunity for you to contribute to and serving, you know, your shared audience. And all that information pulled together is what will help inform your nurture touch points. Oh, I love that. That's actually very, it's very strategic, you know, but it's also, it's not like salesy. Yeah. And the intro, um, you had mentioned I'm a registered nurse by trade who fell in love with sales and, and sales and marketing because the nurses are usually, and most, I don't know everybody, I only can speak from the United States, that's where I, I'm based, but year after year, they're voted the most trusted profession. And yet the process that we use to show empathy and nurture and care is actually mirrors the sales process exactly. And I'm going to tell you why. So with nurses, we assess. We assess for needs. We assess for pain points. From there, we come up with a diagnosis that helps people to get to their highest level of functioning. It's not a medical or surgical intervention. Nurses, we don't do that. We serve people in other ways, but our way of serving people is to get them back to the highest level of functioning. So that's where our diagnosis comes from. And then from there, the interventions, the things that we do to get them to their highest level of functioning is identified, relative relevant stakeholders are brought in, say social work needs to be aware, maybe another a specialist needs to be aware of the condition or response to treatment, and then we evaluate. So that's just loosely the nursing process. And sales and marketing, when done the right way, it's a very similar process. That is mind-blowing that it's transferable in that way because you would never think of that. 
Yeah. And that that assessment and finding pain points and exploring pain points and getting curious, that really is where trust lies. And that is really where the no like trust that we all hear about comes from. And sometimes, unfortunately, in some sales messaging, that's what's lacking. And when that piece of the puzzle is lacking, nothing else works. And that's what gives us the, I don't know how I feel about sales feeling, is it's just people doing it incorrectly and without um, the proper training. Yes. And without really like that kind of genuine intention, like thoughtful approach. And I love how with your method, you're really just kind of advising, like you can just simply ask for the connection and connect versus like, you know, casually (laughs) being around, but not really being more direct. You know, like I like how you're just like, oh, just have them on a quick chat or offer to feature them. Like, you know, it's like, why not? Yeah. And that's the other part of it. You know, when you scan your capacity to receive and also deliver and give, you might have the capacity to offer an invitation to someone to join your platform. You might not have that capacity. Your capacity might lie somewhere else. And we all have something to give somebody else. And people might say, why? Well, I'm just starting out or I'm not really big enough. Not everybody wants more exposure. That's the other truth. And I say that because I'm not a huge enterprise, but one of my clients was a pretty large billion dollar company. And they were thinking micro-influencers. These were people that had audiences under, I think, 20 or 10,000 slash. I don't even think they really cared about how big the audience was. But this huge mammoth of a company wanted to partner with a, quote, smaller individual because the smaller individual had a unique relationship with humans that this huge Goliath company just doesn't have if that made sense. So they wanted to leverage the platform of the people who are a little bit more in touch with their best buyers than they were. And so you just might have your subject matter expertise or your credentials. Like I said, that registered nurse who has nutrition savvy can let her lead her expertise or lend her expertise to the generic sales coach And they can have a webinar that's hosted with so-and-so registered nurse. And that could be an interesting point. But it really goes back to scanning your capacity, you know, creating the boundaries and articulating alignment. What will be your ask? What will be your gives? And yeah, going back to that framework. Okay. So if we think about the flip side, like how do you, so let's say that you're getting approached to kind of be on these people's platforms because you've grown your business, you're successful, you're a thought leader and everyone wants you. How do you evaluate to know which opportunities you say yes for that will be kind of, you know, fruitful for both sides? Absolutely. And scan your capacity to receive. Are you flooded with leads, you know, do you not have the right time? If you are flooded with leads and opportunities and you want to say yes, what can be delegated out? Do you need support with maybe a subcontractor coming in and doing part of your work? Does it look like getting more resources and support? Because remember with that scale framework, there's L, leverage your resources. So A part works as well. You know, what is in alignment based on where you are now and where you want to go? Is that opportunity even in alignment with your current goals? So 
scale work. And I love the, using that framework because it really is based on the scientific method that is loosely based on the nursing process, which is the same scientific method, as I mentioned, that shows up in pretty much every place there's a process. But Jordan helped me to appreciate having uh, a name like scale would be easy for everybody to remember. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So it's really reflecting on what you're able to take on and like if it feels aligned and everything too, right? That's huge. That really is huge because I've seen so many stories and experiences and work with clients who success has come to them faster than they've expected. And they weren't prepared to say yes, because they haven't really gone through a thought process like scale. And I absolutely feel as though this is something that somebody can go through on their own and still be in a better position than they were previously. And it's great when you do go through it with somebody else who has seen this work a time or two. It can be, whether of course it's me or your coach, and you go to them and you say, you know what, I heard this Amelia lady talk about the scale thing. And I literally need you to just sit there, ask me these questions and provide space for me to respond. That's all. I even think that could be useful and helpful. Mm, okay. So I would love to dive deeper. So imagine that you found someone to collaborate with for your business. And how do you ensure, like, I don't even know if insure is the right word, but how do you make it? a, you know, it's it's almost like protecting both sides. You know what I mean? Because essentially when you're in a collaboration, let's say I agree to collaborate with someone, it is kind of putting my reputation on the line because I'm immersing them into my audience. I'm almost vouching for them in a way. So how do I kind of protect myself from like an undesirable outcome? So there are no guarantees in life. That's just a rule out there. (laughs) And I In the intro, I always say this, and again, I found this to be true almost 20 years in healthcare, six years in business, that when there is a challenge or or struggle in life, business, or career, it's usually because of A, there is a story that's not being told, or, or B, there's a collaboration that's not happening, or C, both. And so in that instance, there might be a story that's not being told, and that goes back to see creating boundaries and reflecting on, you know, what are your boundaries? And sometimes just because of how we are, we might not know that boundary until it presents itself, unfortunately, unless again, you work with somebody that has been involved with collaborations before, and they've seen a thing a time or two and know what to suggest that you ask about. And collaborations can be as simple or as complicated as you want. On the simple side, it could be as, quote, simple as you two doing an IG live together. Like, hey, me and this person are going to do a live together and we're going to talk about this thing and they'll provide helpful information and everybody goes off happy. It can also be as complex as contracts that needs to have two lawyers from both sides (laughs) coming to a mediator to look over things. I don't do anything with stuff that needs to have lawyers involved. So the collaborations that I have the most fun talking about are the bartered based where it's sharing of expertise, but I'm happy to talk through, spoiler alert, the scale and bond (laughs) framework (laughs) so that we can start to think and brainstorm some things that it might be interesting to ask about based on my past experiences. I love how you mentioned like, you know, one of the reasons is that a story is not being told. Yeah. That's actually really insightful because that's just kind of how 
miscommunication or misalignment, I guess, occurs when not everything is put on a table, right? Yeah. And it can be a story that's happening either like within too. There might be a story that you're not, you know, telling yourself about your capacity to receive and what you're open to because somebody's capacity to receive, and I've seen this happen before as well, their capacity to receive might be sticks and rocks. (laughs) They really only have the emotional and energetic capacity to receive sticks and rocks, but they meet with somebody who wants to give them the world. And they can literally say, no, actually, I don't want the world. And no, thank you. And there's nothing wrong or good about that. Um, They just, you know, again, may not be ready to receive the world. If they were given the world, they might squander it. And I'm not saying that's wrong or bad. I'm just saying, just be aware of what your capacity is. Can we dive into more examples of the different types of collaborations? I find that so intriguing. Like, for example, we know that there's the live together. And then, you know, like, what are some other examples? Sure. So before we talk about the examples, there's one quote that I love to share. And I love for people to listen to all these examples with that quote firmly in their uh, minds is it's from Maya Angelou. And it says, ask for what you want and be prepared to get it. So there's, of course, being a guest on podcasts. I think we've all heard about that. And that is way more than a list and a pitch. There's lots of people out there that can give you a pitch. They can give you a list of contacts, but there's way more to it to make sure that that time is well spent and you get to see benefit for your energy spent and make it the most for both the people who are listening to you as well as for you personally. So yeah, podcasting is way more than a list and a pitch. There's being on panels, industry panels, of course, virtual summits. Again, I invite people to go back to episode 37 with our, our good friend on virtual summits. There are sponsorships. You could have somebody sponsor, oh goodness, anything. It could be a book to give your audience at an event or an episode or so, so many different things. There are masterminds. There are people who have mastermind communities. You can go in as a guest speaker or presenter. Of course, there are referral partnerships. And these are a little different than the partners that we're just happy or people that we're just so happy when they happen to remember us. And this is more than just trusting on the <laughs> good memory of friends and family. A referral program is, is absolutely way more than chance and absolutely and can be um, referrals on repeat if people want it to be affiliates. That is when you do bring money into the equation and there is a percentage that you give back to the person that you collaborate with. That also can be as, almost as simple or as complex as you want. Goodness, there are so, so many, but just off the top of my head, that's what comes to my mind. Wow, there's so many opportunities. And I really wanted to dive into that to kind of show the like magnitude of what collaboration means. You know, it's some sort of connection and it can come in many forms. Yes, it can absolutely come in many forms and for various reasons. Like people think about collaborations to get more leads and clients. And you can also collaborate with the effort of gaining access to people who can be great referral partners. You can have a a collaboration effort squarely around educating the people that can send you more clients about what you do so that they send you the right clients. And more importantly, uh, make the introduction to you the right way. Because we've all had introductions that were kind of like, hey, so-and-so, meet so-and-so, and end. So it really just goes back to the intentionality behind the collaboration and 
how you are educating your collaborative partners, no matter the name. Right. And you never know what kind of opportunities can come when you start to kind of create these collaborations or or participate in them or sponsor an event. Like there's just growth that can come in unexpected ways. Yeah. Yeah. The end in bond nurturing is, is so critical because that first instance of collaboration, whether it's you're on a, a guest on their podcast, can absolutely, if you just choose to nurture that relationship, turn into you being part of a summit, their summit. Say they're also presenting on us or doing a summit and they think of you because you've stayed in touch with them or say they start to offer a resource that could benefit your audience and there might be an opportunity for you to be an affiliate for them and you can get commission on that and in a way that would be meaningful. So yes, it's just a door opener towards developing a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. And tell me more about the work that you do with clients and how you help people with the collaboration. So before we even get to the collaboration part, messaging is super, super important to start to create a plan around maximizing word of mouth, because that really is what this is. As you know, there's all sorts of marketing out there. A collaborative effort is absolutely a great way to maximize word of mouth, and it starts with messaging. Is your messaging attractive? Will it attract the right partners? Will it make them curious? Um, Once you successfully have that collaboration, will you be interesting to the people that are listening? That really starts with messaging. And then from there, we go through the scale and the bond frameworks. And from there, the collaborators start to appear. And that sounds a little woo, (laughs) and I am not woo at all. That's where some of the collaborations start to make sense. We can start to see based on your energy capacity and who you want to reach, what makes sense for you. Does it look like a meaningful podcast tour that's more than a listen to pitch? Does it look like finding affiliates to a program that you already have set up but really never made a concentrated effort to get off the ground? What does that look like? And then from there, we come up with a plan. I love educating people. I love it when people come with their teammates and their teammates can go off and run with it. And if they want me to implement and my team to implement, we could talk about that too. But before that, and and that really doesn't matter, it really is about people feeling empowered and equipped to really start to develop their own creative eye. Because after, say I did provide a list and a pitch, once they went through that list, where are they now? I don't want them to have to come back and say, I need another session because I enjoy teaching. I'd rather they be empowered to develop that creative eye so that they can start to see those opportunities because it can almost start to be like, you know, when you get a new car, then all of a sudden (laughs) that new car is all over the place. And we're like, oh my goodness, did everyone just buy the new car that I just got? No, our brains are just now have been trained a little bit and it doesn't take long we just trained to start to see that car all over the place. And the same thing can happen when people go through this framework a few times, but you can start to see those potential collaboration opportunities on your own. Even better, your team members will be able to do that and bring these back to you. Or if they're prepared to start to evaluate these opportunities before they bring them to you, that's even better. But yes. I love that. And that's so true about that car thing. What is one thing that our listeners can start to do now to start kind of diving into this world of collaboration and finding those? There are three questions I would love your listeners to ask themselves, especially if they have a team and encourage your team to start to think about this as well. 
the three questions are why you, you know, you, your solution, your product, your offer, why them, and why now? And when you ask those questions and again, start to almost, you can start to train your brain to sort of recognize things. Going back to the scale, the A, it really speeds the A for the A part of articulating your unique value starts to come along quicker when you can, when you start to just think about that in a different way. I like that. And it also kind of pairs well with like how you kind of pitch yourself. And then for the why them, what makes the, because so that's like showing the genuine interest. Yeah. Why would they be a great person to collaborate with? Why are they aligned? Why would they be beneficial to your shared audience? Yes. Ah, yes, yes. And then why and I don't, now? And I honestly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really don't like to make too much, tie too many requirements to that because it's just really interesting what comes out when you just ask that open question, like why you, why them, why now? And just almost let that question breathe. Each of those questions breathe. Yeah. And that's what makes the quality relationship versus just trying to get on anything. Cause that's the trap that, you know, we can fall into that. Um, I know for me, for example, I had, cause I use a full focus planner and then there's a section for goals that you set every quarter. And I remember one of the goals I had was, okay, I want to be on X number of podcasts or I want X number of speaking engagements. And you can imagine that, you know, while those are great goals to have, it's also turning it into a goal that doesn't get so crazy that I'm like, I'll like speak on anything just, (laughs) just to make my goal, you know? Yeah. And that's why I recommend to having a goal that might look more like how many pitches will you send out? Because you can more control the number of pitches and requests you send out. than you can the number of stages that you actually get on. And there's like more quality control that you can do on the pitch end. Yes. There's quality control you can do once the collaboration is, you know, on the books, but just because of how I like to approach things, yeah, I definitely like measuring um, the pitches that go out. Oh, wow. Do you create pitches? For certain projects. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so do you have any lessons learned that would be helpful for our audience today? I think of everything that I said, if you can think about what would be in alignment, because I have seen a few things happened with like people who do collaborations and sometimes they'll do a cl- they'll go on like a podcast tour. I think we've all seen those. And then after that, they didn't nurture the relationship. And then a few months later, they have a new thing. And now they're looking for stages or looking for people to collaborate with or looking for affiliates. And when you do aligned opportunities, you almost are naturally interested and motivated to, to keep in touch somehow. And your team, if your team is brought into it, they too don't have to be strangers to that other person's community, depending on how you know they're trained and um, empowered to do outreach on your behalf. But the alignment piece is, you know, what is aligned is super, super important. I've found also even with methods, for instance, an example, somebody did sales. They did sales, they taught on sales, they did a collaboration with another person that had they had a lot in common. Well, it turned out they had two very different approaches to sales. And so (laughs) they shared their thoughts, but, you know, it it was just an interesting dynamic. So I think everything that I I said, alignment is like the most important thing. And a second thing, that would be my number one. My number two is that my Angelou quote, really, really sit and listen with it, um, to it is ask for what you want 
and be prepared to get it. And so many times I've seen people who are in positions where a large magazine or a large company that we've all heard of by name have asked this person, you know what, you have this audience, we would like to have access to it, or you have this expertise, we would like to collaborate with you. What do you have in mind? And sometimes the answer hasn't been as confident or as clear as they would like it to be, but that can be addressed by going through the scale and bond frameworks that we just talked about here. Mm, I love that. And then I couldn't help but think of like a follow-up kind of question and thought that sometimes when we're in these collaborations, the outcome, you know, we may be imagining this abundance of business leads coming our way from doing the collaboration, but it may not always be the case. It may be something that comes a little bit later, right? Like, can you kind of speak about the kind of how people should set themselves up for the expected results and and like outcomes so that it doesn't necessarily lead to like disappointment or, or going through that low? Yeah. So when you start with scanning your capacity to receive tech, team, personal, some of that can be figured out at at that point. But also going back to, when skip over to the bond framework with nurturing relationships. Sometimes people do collaboration efforts with the goal of connecting with the host. And that could be the goal. I mean, could the host be a great referral partner or could the host be a great client? And then success looks like you connected with the host and you have a plan to nurture that relationship and continue to keep in touch. So it really goes back to knowing what alignment looks like. What are your asks? What are your gives? What are you ready to receive? And that can really help with going on a series of podcasts. And at the end of the day, all you did was quote, meet 10 new amazing people. That is enough. Okay. I love that. And this is something that I really wanted to bring up because it's important to kind of understand it, that a collaboration doesn't necessarily mean or need to equal money sales. Yes. Because I don't have the quote off the top of my head, but if you were to go Google word of mouth marketing or referral marketing, but the quality of the lead that comes from humans that can recommend your work now that they know that you exist, whether it's the host of that podcast or virtual summit or mastermind, if they become an official referral partner or not, these humans now don't know that you exist. And so when they send you people, the time for those other humans to convert is so much shorter. We all know that, but there's official data and stats out there. If you're a savvy, savvy audience members with a Google referral marketing or word of mouth marketing and average customer lifetime value, that's another thing. Those referrals tend to convert quicker and they tend to buy more for a longer period of time than somebody who happened to see your ad and then clicked on it. And then they got a series of emails. And then from those emails, they got on a webinar. And then from the webinar, they finally got to see you in person. And maybe they accept your invitation at the end of it. Maybe they don't. But it's not that that process is wrong or there's anything wrong with it. It's just, this is another process I like for people to know about and to consider. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I love that. Okay. So Amelia, thank you so much for your time today. Where can our listeners find you? And do you have any promos coming up? Yes, yes. So I, they can connect with me over on LinkedIn. I'm there as Amelia J. Roberts, collaboration consultant or relationship architect. Oh, I'm over I love there. That. So, yes, that sounds yes, great. Yes, 
Well, Amelia Roberts is a common name, so I put relationship architect so that I'm a little easier to find, hopefully. <laughs> and I'm over on Instagram as talk the number two Amelia. And if you have heard of me and if you're like, you know what, I'd like to connect with you over on Instagram, just let me know where you heard me from. And I have a special gift for people from your audience available via Instagram DM. Oh, I love that. That is so much fun. Thank you, Amelia, so much. Yeah, and I can't wait to share this with our listeners. Awesome. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Focal Tangent Podcast. If you love this episode, be sure to rate and review the podcast and hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss the next episode. Until next time, I am your host, Natalie Amlani. 